Hello everyone and welcome to episode 40 of the Ask the Coach show. The Ask the Coach show is where we answer your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum from Ping Skills and with me as always is super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Hi Jeff, how are you this morning? I'm really good, thank you. Excited about a new show. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's get straight into the Ping Skills question um, from yesterday, which was how many serves do you use, Alois? Do you use a lot of serves? Yeah, I used to tend to use either one or two serves. So 95% of the time I use the pendulum serve, and then um, sometimes I change it up with something else, you know, maybe the backhand serve or the tomahawk serve or something like that. Um, I've, I used to find that um, by limiting it to, you know, just the one or two serves, you start to get used to that next ball a little bit uh, better. And um, then then you're playing the game on a, on a familiar territory for you, um, and it might be still unfamiliar for your opponent. So, um, yeah, so I used to just stick to one or two serves, basically. Okay, but obviously a lot of variation within those one or two serves. Yeah, that's right. So with those serves, you, you, you're still varying the spin, um, the speed and the placement um, on those um, on those serves. So you've actually got, you know, probably hundreds of serves, but, you know, basing it around that one one or two uh, basic types of serves. Yeah, what about you, Jeff? Um, yeah, I, again, the pendulum serve was my main serve. The reverse pendulum basically never, it wasn't really around very much when I played. Um, that's how old I'm getting. Um, but I also use the backhand serve a bit. I, I quite like the backhand serve as well. So, you know, maybe 20% of the time I would use that backhand serve and 80% the pendulum serve. Yes. All right. Well, um, that moves us on to the Pink Skillers question for today, Alois, which is, would Waldner survive in the modern game? Now, that's an interesting uh, question to think about. Uh, Everyone, let us know your thoughts. Leave your comments, um, and we'd love to hear from you. Okay, um, moving on, Alois. There's a question from Shripathi, who has asked, In a match I saw where Zuzin was playing Samsonov, it seems that Samsonov put Zuzin under all sorts of pressure and cut him down to size by not letting him play his fast forehand. And Shripathi's wondering, was there something wrong with Zuzin in that game, or was it Samsonov's impressive play that um, that uh, made it hard for Zuzin? So, um, what are the thoughts? Sorry, you just cut out for a second there, Alice. To look and um, and see the video, if you could. All right, let me see if we can bring up that video. Um, uh, let me see. So there's a couple of things I need to do is, firstly, find the link, Alois, which is yeah, on one so of the Ableton's questions, isn't it? Yeah. While you're doing that, um, Jeff, um, just talking a little bit about the, um, the World Junior Teams Championships is on at the moment, and um, and a good result for the U.S. girls um, reaching the semi-final of the um, of the teams. They beat Korea three nil, which is a huge upset. Um, and uh, and then uh, unfortunately for them, they went down to Japan three nil in the semi-final. But uh, 
a huge effort to make this the semi-final and um, guaranteed medal. So they'll be playing Hong Kong the third position. Uh, yeah, that's right. So was that in the World Cup, Alloy, Zuzin versus Samsonov? Um, it was not sure, but yeah, there was um, not 100% sure. Actually, Sharpathi had a, a link on his um, on his question there. Okay, yes. Let me try and find that question. Yeah. So it's a when when we uh, when we get this up, it'll be interesting to to just have a look at. Um, recently, we had another question about you know how do you stop a player with a really strong forehand topspin from um, from winning? And you know, Zuzin's probably got the best forehand topspin and footwork around at the moment. Um, and if we can get this video up, we'll see that um, that Zuzin actually. Um, gets completely shut down with his forehand topspin, and just how Samsonov does that. Um, Samsonov, obviously, a master of control. Like he, his 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 strength is being able to just control the ball, um, taking the speed of the ball and placing it really well. Um, and that's what he does really well in this match that that we see. So um, yeah, it'd be good to good to get it up. But okay, you know, I'll put it up on my screen now, Alois, and it's actually just started playing. But can you see that? I can't, but I'll have to start my YouTube app, perhaps. If um, if the viewers don't have the... Uh, you're on mute now, Alois, when you started your YouTube app. Yeah, so sorry. So when the uh, if, if the viewers can't see it, you might have to download the YouTube app but um, on Google Hangouts. Yeah, but so I'm watching it at the moment, but... Um, if you can't, if you can't see it, um, what Samsonov does is that he pushes um, uh, Zuz into the two corners. So he often he often plays the ball wide out to Zuzin's forehand. So you might think that Gee, this guy's got a really strong forehand. I'm going to stay away from his forehand side. But what he actually does a lot of the times is, if you can see that, he's just put one wide into Zuzin's forehand, um, and then that means that Zuzin has to cover more of the table with his forehand. The the trap that that players often fall into is that they think this guy's got a really good forehand. I'm going to play the ball only to his backhand corner all the time. In fact. Those sort of players usually have really strong pivot forehands because they're so used to that tactic, but they're not as good playing the ball from their wide forehand side. So, so that's a tactic that you need to start to think about a lot um, if you're trying to shut down a player that has a strong forehand top spin. So, yeah, yeah, great, great tips there, Alois. Um, it does mean you need to have a, a decent. Uh, way to counter their first forehand topspin that comes back at you from the forehand side, which Samsonov obviously does, but it's really worked effectively for him in this game. Yeah, it, it really has, and and um, and, it, and it does work really effectively against a lot of um, players with strong forehands. You know, give it give it a go. Go it out to their forehand side first. Often they're just not as good out there. 
Okay, excellent. All right, we'll give that a try, Shripathi. Try going out to the forehand first and see how it goes. All right, Alex, I will... And, uh, yeah, and if you don't have the, the um, YouTube app on uh, Google Hangouts, maybe uh, just just download it for next uh, for the next time we, we use it. Great. All right, and, um, yeah, let us know if you liked us using that YouTube uh, clip in the show. All right, Alex, let's move on to the second question from Long. And Long says, I have a problem when someone topspins to me. I block, but sometimes it's heavy topspin and sometimes it's less spin and I block it out or into the net. So what should I do to keep the block on the table and how do I know how much spin is on the ball? Um, you're still on mute there. Sorry, Alois. Something must have happened. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still watching Samsonov and uh, Zhu Zin. I need to get rid of him, don't I? One moment. <laughs> yes. So, did you hear my question? Uh, you're on. You're on. Oh, you've gone on mute again. <laughs> you wanna... sure. Now you're right. Surely, yeah. Now you can hear me. I can hear you well now. Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, with, with the when someone's top spinning to you, they can have different amounts of spin. Now, initially, it become it's really difficult to tell um, if they have a lot of spin or, or less spin. A couple of things that are going to give you a clue. One is just how they contact the ball. So if they brush the ball very vertically, then they're going to tend to have a lot more spin. If the contact is flatter, then it's going to have a little bit less spin. The other clue that you can get is the flight of the ball. So if it's got a lot of spin, the ball is going to dip really quickly. So it's going to do that. If it has less spin, the ball is going to have that sort of path. So it won't be as exaggerated as that. So it might be this compared to this. And that's why it's important to, to practice against different types of spin a lot and just get used to seeing um, the contact um, used to seeing the flight of the ball. And, and one more thing is the actual um, listening to the contact. So on a, on a heavily spun ball, the contact's going to be um, softer. On a flatter ball, the contact's going to be a bit harder. So, so there's a few things that can help you. Now, to counteract that, um, those different types of spin, mainly using the angle of your racket. So if it's got a lot of spin, then you need to cover your angle over a lot to counteract that spin. If it has less spin, then you can open up the angle um, a bit more. So mainly using the angle of your racket. Okay, great. And we've got two new videos, one on the backhand block and one on the forehand block, filmed in HD with great super slow-mos that'll help you out there long. Um, but, Alois, what's the best way to practice this? Should they just get someone just to topspin over and over and over to them? Um, yeah, you can, you can do that. Um, the other thing you can do is get someone to, to um, do it with multi-ball. Um, not as effective as if you've got a, someone with a really good topspin that can vary the topspin to you. Um, if you're practicing with someone, get them to um, even just alternate between one slow spin topspin, one fast topspin, slow topspin, fast topspin, and just try to um, uh, adapt to those two 
two strokes, then you can move on to them doing any type of spin. So, you know, a couple of spinny ones, one less spin, um, just so that you need to start to watch and uh, react um, to those. So, yeah. So, Yep, great idea. All right, Long, try out those suggestions and let us know if it helps you improve your block. All right, now we've got um, Ramsey has just jumped on Alloys and asked us a question using the Google app um, Q&A button, which anyone can do if they go to the Google Plus page, our Ping Skills Google Plus page. So um, Ramsey said, I have a major problem which is, I know a lot about table tennis, but when I start a match, I get scared and I lose. Please help. Yeah, Ramsey, you are not alone. There are many, in fact, most players have those same emotions. So when they get into a match, you do get a little bit more tense and a little bit more scared, and that's a really natural part of playing. That's the first thing you need to understand. The next thing is to then just try to find a few um, ways that you can um, calm yourself down um, during a match. So some simple things are just um, using a, a breath, so breathe, having a nice deep breath, um, taking a few seconds between points to take that breath and while you're focusing on your breath um, you, you tend to forget about the the other things that are that are clogging your mind like you know it's nine all or I'm playing in a match and I really want to win this match and all that sort of thing. When you, after your breath, think then about what the tactic is for this next point that you're going to play. And that's really important. So don't think about the, the end of the match or the end of the game. Think about what's going to happen now. Okay? To win the match, you need to try and win this point. So that's where your focus needs to be all the time. How am I going to win this point? And then focus on the ball and um, try to try to focus on every every shot even rather than every point. So we we do have um, a section on um, sport on uh, sports psychology now that you can um, start to go through and that will give you a lot of tips on how to remain calm during a match as well, Ramsey. Okay, yes, good answer. And that is a big question, Ramsey, so thanks for asking it. Yeah, but be sure to check out our sports psychology section. I'll put a link in the notes of the show. All right, now, Arson has asked us a question. He says, if my head moves up and down because of my stance, does it matter when I'm judging the ball? Um, should my head height remain the same all the time? And should I constantly look at the ball during play or should I shift between the ball and the opponent? So a couple of questions there, Alois. Yeah, um, yeah, good, good questions there. So, firstly, with the bobbing up and down, basically you should try and stay quite level uh, when you're playing. If you are moving up and down, it's harder for for you to 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 look at the ball and to track the ball. So, try to keep your your eyes quite level and steady. So, obviously, you have to move sideways, but try not to move too much up and down while you're playing your shots. And that's something that you need to practice in training a lot. You need to make sure that you keep a nice low centre of balance uh, with your legs during the rally. Really important point for improving your table tennis. The second point was, um, should you focus on the ball or should you focus on the ball and focus on your opponent? Definitely focus on the ball. It's just too difficult in table tennis 
to try and watch the ball, then watch your opponent, then watch the ball. Okay, you, you just can't pick up um, the ball and your opponent that quickly. By watching the ball, if you look at the ball here now, you can still tell that I'm waving my bat around. Okay, you can still tell that I'm moving my head around. So if you focus on that ball there, you your peripheral vision allows you to tell what I'm doing um, behind that as well. So, so definitely focus on the ball. Okay, yeah, good answer there, Alice. We get that question quite a lot, and um, it's it is important that you focus on the ball. It's it sounds simple, but make sure you do it and practice watching the ball as closely as you can. It will really help you improve your table tennis. All right, Alois, next question is from Anthony. And Anthony says, for the backhand serve, where should I stand? Should I stand in more than one position? And should I have my left foot in front if I'm right-handed or my right foot in front or my feet even? Yeah, okay. So, so with the backhand serve, you can vary the position a little bit. But let's first think about if I'm over here, if I'm playing right-handed, if I'm over here and I do my backhand serve, then I'm in a really good basic ready position for the next ball. So that's one of the, the key features of what you do with your serve, what happens with the next ball. So if you can serve from a position close to your ready position, then you're ready. You don't need to move anywhere. But for variation, it's okay sometimes to move across a little bit, move across a lot, just change up the angle of um, the serve that you're doing. Um, it just gives your opponent a different look of what they need to cope with. And it might be exactly the same serve from here and here, but coming at a different angle just makes it a little bit harder um, or um, just a little bit different for them to deal with. So yeah, in general... I think, I think that's a really good point, Alois, because even though you said it's exactly the same serve, that different angle makes it totally different. Like they may have to play with their forehand instead of their backhand, and it is like a new serve uh, for the receiver just coming from when you just do the same serve coming from a different angle. Yeah, I, I, saw, I, I remember like um, playing against a pendulum serve, I felt really, really comfortable. But I remember that whenever my opponent went over to their forehand corner and did the pendulum serve, the first time they did it, I, I felt really unsettled and I didn't feel comfortable to return it. So um, uh, as a long-term thing, I don't think you can you get away with it because by being too far over here, okay, you're exposing your backhand side. But as a change-up and suddenly different think about, um, I think it's a really good tactic every now and then. Okay, good. And so with the backhand serve, what's, where should you position your feet? Yeah. So... I mean, in general, fairly square if you can, but um, you'll notice that a lot of the um, the big servers with the backhand definitely used to turn a lot when they did their backhand serve, did that, followed through, and then they were in the ready position. So you could do that if you wanted to. Um, but in general, st again, stand fairly square to the table so that you don't need to move and you're re then ready for that next ball as well. Yeah, that's a good... good uh... Good idea, Alois. Yeah, I used to stand slightly with being a right-hander. With my right foot slightly forward, just felt it gave me a little bit better swing. As long as you then just 
quickly get into the, the ready position. I found that quite helpful. All right, well, thank you, Anthony. Yeah, and, um, oh, yes, Alloys? Yeah, and wouldn't it have been good, Jeff, wouldn't it have been good if we had these swivel chairs while we were playing those backhand serves? It would have been much easier. That would have been fantastic, yes. Just swivel right around. Exactly. <laughs> good point. All right, well, I think, Alloys, that wraps up episode 40. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Make sure you check out pingskills.com. Um, sign up for our free newsletter and keep asking those questions and we'll keep answering them. Thanks everyone, thanks Alloys. Okay, thanks Jeff and Pingskillers. Have a great day, plenty of table tennis I hope.